Welcome to the Junk Refund Show, hosted by Alan J. Cook, founder of 1-800-JUNK-REFUND. Have you ever paid those expensive junk removal companies to take away some of your stuff? Only to say to yourself, as a truck drives off down the street, some of that stuff wasn't junk. Did they try to sell it for you and give you some money back? No. Well, now there is a company that can do just that. Listen to our weekly junk refund show on BBS Radio TV to learn how one lady spent $375 on junk removal and got $3,200 back. 1-800-JUNK-REFUND represents the next generation of junk removal. Learn how to not only save your money on junk removal, but how to get some money coming back. Plus, purchase one of our radio vouchers during the show to save even more on your junk removal. Let's get the junk out of your home and out of your life. Now, with your host, Alan J. Cook. coming to you on my favorite time of the week, which is Thursdays at 3. I just kind of love how that rolls off your tongue, Thursdays at 3, Eastern Time. And I'm coming to you live from the cab of my pickup truck, which I just parked at the at the Bethesda United Methodist Church parking lot. Uh, you might be able to hear a helicopter flying around overhead there. We get choppers coming in and out of the Washington, D.C. area, of course, all of the time. We're about 30 minutes south of Camp David and about 20 minutes north of downtown Washington, D.C. So anyway, welcome to the Junk Refund Show. I'm your host, Alan Cook. I've been in the junk removal business for 20 years, and we talk about on this show how to get the junk not only out of your home and your office and your garage and your attic, but also out of your life. And today I'm doing a show that is going to talk about relationships and how to get some of the junk out of your dating or relationship life. As I have been involved in the online dating world for over 10 years now, and uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about why we chose this topic. Uh, first, let me bring you up to speed with what's going on in my world. I have in the back of my pickup truck right now jammed full of lawnmowers that are broken apart. I have engines from lawnmowers that have been taken off the lawnmowers. I have the top covers that go to lawnmowers that have been taken off. I have probably 50 uh, rusted old lawnmower blades that have been taken off the bottom of the lawnmower, and I kind of use those to fill in some of the cracks and edges around the, the load. I have a couple of power washers. I have a heavy, which means I'm going to guess it's 120, 130 pounds um, air conditioning unit. kind of has two different parts to it that I put on a hand truck and rolled around the, the side yard of a guy, wonderful guy named John in Fairfax, Virginia. One of the things we do in this area, we haul away scrap metal for free if you're within about a 20 or 30 mile radius of us. And I uh, got it all you know, done today, uh, not all done, but I got a pickup truck load of stuff done today. And uh, a really nice guy named John, and John is probably in his 70s. I kind of thought, based on what his side yard and his backyard looks like, which is all these metal parts from, you know, small engine repairs, I thought maybe he was a small engine repair shop guy, or maybe, you know, I don't know, something having to do with that. But no, he was a salesman for IBM and for Texaco, and in his words, he just likes to, quote, tinker with stuff, quote. But he obviously tinkers a lot with a lot of stuff over his time frame. So I have a pickup truck load of, I probably have eight individual small engines sitting in the back of this truck. I've got three or four lawnmowers in there that are still still have the handles attached and etc. with various parts missing. And God bless John's life. He's just trying to kind of clean up a little bit in his back and 
his backyard and in his side yard. Um, we ran an ad on Craigslist. Uh, both, by the way, quick shout out for them. You can in our business, you can do an ad on Craigslist for five dollars that stays out there for thirty days. Now that's untouchable. You just can't find that anywhere else. And we do ads in this general area for picking up scrap metal for free. It costs us five bucks. We'll probably get. 70, 80, hopefully, maybe 90, I don't know, dollars for this load of scrap metal that's in the back of the truck right now, which I'm going to go cash in on as soon as I'm done with this radio show. Now, hopefully the good folks at this that own this vacant parking lot at Bethesda United Methodist Church won't care that I'm sitting in their parking lot doing this radio show. There's only like uh, four cars here, and... Uh, obviously a downtime here for the church, but it was the closest parking lot of, of kind of seclusion that I could pull into after being on the Beltway, driving back from John's house in Fairfax, Virginia. So anyways, you can make some money uh, taking metal and wire into a nearby scrap metal dealer. Uh, you can also go broke trying to do that because they the prices go up and down depending on the price of oil and the price of metals. But... Anyway, it's, uh, it keeps me busy, and uh, I do it kind of during slow times, and it's kind of fun. So we'll go back to John's house and help him get some more stuff uh, out of his place. But a really nice guy, and I just have this feeling, I think I have some of my dad's blood in me, that John's going to become a pretty good friend of mine. My father had a master's degree in philosophy from Brigham Young University, and he taught philosophy and religion at BYU, and yet he had the most wide range of good friends from from carpenters to a mechanic named dan who lived out by us and just repaired cars in his shop my dad just had a very wide array of friends a very wide range of friends from all different walks of life that he just could relate to and i just was there this afternoon i thought you know what i just think given that john has more stuff to be hauled away and he was really nice and just just a great guy. Um, that I'm gonna I'm gonna end up being a, a pretty good friend with John. John is from the generation that still gives you directions. He was telling me about local scrap metal yards out in his area and started telling me how to get there, whether to turn right or left, and how many lights to go through and etc. And I I kind of told him you know it's okay my phone will find it for me etc. I asked him the name of the scrapyard. He couldn't remember the full name. I said, that's okay. I can find it in a search. But he then proceeded to give me directions on how to get there. And so it's just, you know, kind of further evidence that the days of giving people directions and maps and all that kind of stuff are behind us. And you just don't need to do that anymore. But God bless these folks that still kind of think that way. So um, yesterday, I got to tell you, this is a plug for our Labor Day special, we do, just as a general overview here, we do hauling and junk removal. We're headquartered in the Washington, D.C. area. We do jobs all over the country, uh, big jobs, little jobs, etc. If it's a little job, we have a growing list of affiliates around the country. We have 62 affiliates around the country that do the little jobs for us. If it's a bigger job, like, you know, my dad died, come clean out my house, then we tend to do that ourselves. We can fly cheap in the United States right now, pretty much any city for about $30, thanks to the good folks at Frontier Airlines and their Go Wild Pass, which I bought about eight months ago. That was a $600 investment. It now costs $2,000 to get the same pass. And I think I've saved $3,000 of flight costs uh, in the last maybe six months since I've been using it. So we have done jobs literally from Seattle to Los Angeles, from San Antonio to Chicago, and from Boston to Tampa, and a bunch of places in between. Yesterday, I went up to Baltimore to do an estimate for some people. And let me tell you about this just real quick so you can understand the kind of deal that we've got going on right now. And this is a nationwide deal. If you have a a house that needs to be cleaned out or a, a business or an office or a big storage unit or something like that, that's going to take multiple truckloads of stuff to get it cleaned out. We have a Labor Day special that I created about, what, six weeks ago? When I was 15, I went to work in a restaurant as a dishwasher and a busboy. That was my first job when I was in junior high school or maybe high school. 
And I then, and it was for a, a restaurant chain called Mr. Steak. And that was in 1973. And so what I did was I created a special for up in honor of Labor Day, right? And me entering the labor force when I was 15. I created 15 house cleanouts for $1,973 for up to five truckloads. For a 12 by 8 by 5 foot box truck, which is the size truck you'd rent at Home Depot, we charge $695. A lot of our competitors charge eight to 900 bucks for the same amount of stuff. We charge 695. We try to save people maybe 15 or 20% on the cost of getting something hauled away. So I was up yesterday um, doing an estimate for these people. They called me yesterday morning. I had time yesterday afternoon. I ran up to Baltimore about 45 minutes north and met them, and I met a lady named Barbara. Her dad had passed away, get this, at the age of 99 and three quarters. And this happened about a month ago. He was 99 years and, and what's that, nine months old, all nines. Huh? And you'd think the good Lord above would give him another three months just so he could celebrate his 100th birthday, but I guess he had other plans. And, and Barbara's dad passed away about a month ago. So now they have the house in Baltimore that they need to put on the market, and the dad lived in it for, I guess, almost 50 years. So I walk through all the different rooms, and I have a, a kind of a notepad type thing, and I'm writing down, you know, how much of a truckload is in each of these rooms? Is it a quarter of a truckload? Is it a full truckload? Is it a half truckload? And room by room, I'm just being taken on a tour through the house, and I write this down. Then I add it up. When you add it up, it came up to six truckloads, which probably means he's got about five. Well, five truckloads at six ninety-five a piece. You can do the math. Is thirty-five hundred dollars, right? Six truckloads, and I think that's actually what we figured it at because I I, I like to be conservative with people, and if I'm going to surprise them, I want to surprise them with a bill that's less than what they thought, not with a bill that's more than what they thought. So when I added it up, I said six truckloads, but I told the folks there yesterday, you know, this really means you probably got between five and six. But just put in your mind six. Six times seven hundred bucks is forty-two hundred dollars. But that you probably will only you probably will get by with five truckloads. And this Labor Day special gives you up to five truckloads for nineteen hundred and seventy-three dollars. And I wrote this all down for him. And I said, if you just buy the Labor Day special, you'll save twenty-two hundred dollars on this job. That's simple. We've done about eight of these so far. I made 15 of them available. I guess we've got seven or eight of them left. They, they literally, within about 20 minutes of me being there, wrote me out a check yesterday for $1,973, and we're going up on Monday and Tuesday of next week to clean out this house. So, And they're going to save $2,200 on the cost of it. Also, if we sell any of the stuff that's in the house, they'll get 35% of the sales price as long as we sell something for more than 20 bucks. Now, Edgar Allan Poe, talk about Halloween, which is on Tuesday, I think is buried and may have been from Baltimore. So we're going up to Edgar Allan Poe's neighborhood on Halloween to clean out a house, which I'm frankly kind of excited about. It should be kind of fun. So anyway, that's what's been going on in the junk removal world. Um, but let me tell you why we're talking about, on today's show, we're talking about relationships and the online dating world and how to get some of the junk out of your experience in the online dating world because millions and millions of people, including yours truly, are involved in that. And there's all kinds of war stories out there about what's happening in the online dating world. Now, speaking of what's happening, we're now up to one, two, three, four, five, six cars now in the Bethesda United Methodist Church parking lot, uh, school's getting out, I guess, about now. And maybe we're just having some people like me come over here and hang out for a few minutes, and then they go on to wherever they're going. But anyway, we've got a little action happening here in the parking lot, which is kind of fun. Um, so what happened is that three or four years ago, there's a radio station in Washington, D.C. called Wash FM 97.1. They play a lot of 80s and 90s music. They're kind of an easygoing, soft rock, classic rock radio station. And starting somewhere around Thanksgiving or even before Thanksgiving, they play Christmas music nonstop through Christmas. That's one of the unique things about their station. 
Well, they do a thing in the mornings um, with their, their co-hosts in the morning um, that is called Crazy First Dates. And they give away prizes. And if you've had a crazy first date, you call them up, they record your story. If they like your story, they put it on the air. They put it on the air, you get a prize. Three or four years ago, they did this, and I heard about this, and I thought, you know, I should tell them about my trip to Denver when I was in college. That'd be a good story. So I called him up, spoke to the producer named Kayla. She uh, put me through, and they recorded my story. Um, the reason I'm talking about relationships and dating and stuff today is because yesterday or two days ago, I just happened to be listening to the radio in the morning, and they announced that if you have a crazy first date and you want to call us and tell us about it, we're giving away tickets to the Jonas Brothers concert. And I went, you know what? That's, I've been to a Jonas Brothers concert many years ago. Those guys are talented, and they do a great concert. And I thought, now that's worth a phone call. So I, I, I called them three or four years ago and told them one story, and I got a $100 gift card to a local you know, grocery store place. This time, I called him, and the producer, Kayla, same girl, two days ago, answers the phone and says, tell me about your story. And I told her a little bit about a story that happened in January. She said, oh, I like that story a lot. Can we call you tomorrow morning at 8.30 with our, our hosts, and they'll record your story, and then they can use it on the air. And, uh, and the obvious thing that, that I get is a couple of tickets to the Jonas Brothers concert. So they were supposed to call me this morning at 8.30. At 8.10, the phone rings, and it's Kayla asking if they can call me tomorrow morning at 8.30 instead of today at 8.30. She didn't say why. She just said, can we call you tomorrow morning at 8.30? I went, yeah, sure, that's fine. So tomorrow morning at 8.30, I'm going to be on the radio on somebody else's show, not live, but I'll be telling a story about a dating, a crazy first date that I had in January of this year. But the good news is I'm going to tell you folks on my show first because this got delayed a day. So you're going to hear it here first. But I want to tell you about the first story that happened three or four years ago to give you a sense of what I've done kind of in the dating world. When I was in college at BYU out of Provo, Utah, they had a campus newspaper that I have since forgotten the name of. And in the back of the, uh, of the paper, you have some little want ads. I was reading in those want ads when I was about 21 that Western Airlines was opening up new service between Salt Lake City and Denver, and it was their 25th city to be serving. And that Friday, if you were one of the first 25 people in line for any of their five flights to Denver, you got your airfare for 25 cents one way. Now, I thought the 25 cents thing was a typo. I thought maybe it was $25 or something. I thought it was a typo. It couldn't be a quarter. It had to be more than that. But there was a phone number listed. So I called the phone number and they said, no, it's 25 cents. If you're one of the first 25 people in line to buy tickets for the flight, you know, and this is back in what, 1979, I guess, to buy tickets for the, or 1980, something like that. If, to, if you're one of the first 25 people in line for any of our five flights, on Friday, you can buy your ticket to Denver for 25 cents and the same price from Denver coming back. And I went, we got to jump all over this. So I called my buddy Scott and I said, hey, Scott, we, th there's a deal here. We got to jump on. We need, we need to do a double date on Friday and take a couple of girls to Denver for lunch. He goes, oh, we can't afford it. I go, trust me, we can afford it. It's, it's 50 cents round trip. And he didn't believe it. And I told him three or four times, yeah, it's 50 cents round trip. I said, we can take four of us to Denver and back on Friday for $2. I said, but the trick is we got to go up Thursday night probably to be safe to make sure it's like a Duke basketball game. We're going to have to go get in line, right, and, and camp out a little bit. We're going to have to go up Thursday night and make sure we're one of the first 25 people in line. And if we are, we get the airfare for 25 cents. So I called two girls from my high school that lived close to Provo. Uh, shout out to Chris and Carrie Bester, who are really cool. A couple of sisters are just really cool. Told them about it, and they went, hey, we're in. And so the four of us went up, and uh, the four of us went up and 
um, camped out that night and had a uh, camped out. We just basically slept in the airport. The next morning, we go up to the ticket counter. The lady says um, at the counter, uh, how many tickets? I said, four tickets to Denver. She goes, one way or round trip? I said, round trip. She said, that'll be $2. I pulled eight quarters out of my pocket, put them on the counter. She gave me eight um, boarding passes. And we flew those girls over to Denver, had lunch in the airport, caught the next flight coming back or whatever, flew back and did a one-day afternoon fly to Denver, have lunch and come back deal for $2 round trip plus the cost of the lunch, which was nothing. That was not much at all. They loved that story at Wash FM. That's the story I told them three or four years ago. And two days ago, I called back in and said, hey, I got another one for you. It's the same two hosts in the morning that I'm going to be talking to, and it's the same producer. And I even sold to the producer. I said, tell them it's, it's me again. <laughs> and they probably have my name there because I did this three or four years ago. She goes, are you Alan Cook? I said, yeah. I said, yep, we got, we got your info right here. So tomorrow morning at 8.30, I'm going to be interviewed on well interviewed and recorded on WASH FM in Washington, D.C. And, then, and I'm going to come back after the break. We're going to take right now a quick break. When I come back after the break, I'm going to tell you the story that I was supposed to tell them this morning. But because I didn't do it this morning because Kayla, re, Kayla re, uh, left the, the company this morning, I found out. And after eight years of working there, she's moving on to some other job. Today was her last day. So they didn't want to record this this morning. They were kind of in tears losing Kayla down at Wash FM. And so tomorrow I'm going to tell them the story that I'm going to tell you first in about a minute when we come back. You're listening to the Junk Refund Show. This is Alan Cook from the parking lot of the Bethesda United Methodist Church in Bethesda, Maryland, where it's peaceful and heavenly. And I'll be back to you in a few minutes. We'll tell you some more about how to get the junk out of your relationships. Have you ever hired one of those expensive junk removal companies, then wondered what they did with the stuff? Especially the good stuff. At 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, we junk the junk. Recycle stuff like metal and wire. Donate items and get you receipts. And put up for sale the good stuff. And if it sells, you get some money back. Cynthia paid $375 for junk removal and got $3,200 back. Would you like to know how she did it? Tune in to the Junk Refund Show with your host, Alan J. Cook, every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time to get the junk not only out of your home, but also out of your life. Welcome back to the Junk Refund Show. This is your host, Alan Cook in Bethesda, Maryland, coming to you live from the Bethesda United Methodist Church parking lot. Um, if they're, you know, as a result of this, this doing this, I guess one of two things could happen. They could call me up and say, please don't ever do your show from our parking lot again. Or listeners to the show might all of a sudden flood the Bethesda United Methodist Church. Their membership grows, the collection plates, receipts grow, and they should give me a cut. That's one of those two. But no, I, it's peaceful here, and I'm just I'm in the shade, and I'm just having a great time and uh, having some fun here. So this should be good. So we're talking today about how to get the junk out of your relationships because I called into a radio station two days ago to talk to them about a crazy first date. They do this in the mornings, and crazy first date and. I did this three or four years ago, and they put me on the air, and they liked my story, the story that I just told, and I got a $100 gift card to a, a grocery store here in the area, to Harris Teeter. Well, this go-around, and they do this all the time. I just haven't really been participating for three or four years, but two days ago, they announced that if you have a crazy first date story that you want to tell us, call us up. They gave us you know, the phone number or whatever, and... If we put you on the air, you get tickets to the Jonas Brothers concert. And I went, that's worth a phone call. I mean, that's I've been to one of those concerts before. Those guys do a great job, and that's worth a phone call. So I did. I called up. I talked to the same producer, Kayla, 
and I was supposed to be interviewed by them this morning on their show and recorded there, but because Kayla's last day after eight years, coincidentally, was today, they were honoring Kayla the last half hour of the show, and so they put me off until tomorrow. So tomorrow morning, I'm going to be interviewed on this radio show, recorded, then they'll play it later, you know, etc. But it looks like I'm on my way to a Jonas Brothers concert because I have a crazy first date story to tell you. So I just told you the story that got me a $100 gift card four years ago. The one that I'm going to tell you now, and you're hearing about this first on my show, um, rather than telling it to them this morning, happened in January. Here's what happened. In the online dating world, there's lots of dating sites out there. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and when I got involved 10 years ago in the online dating world, I literally went in and joined five different dating websites, and two of those were kind of geared towards people in our church, and three of them were not. Um, Right now, I'm on three different sites. One of them is Match.com, and then I'm on two sites that are kind of geared towards members of our church, you know, because you have the same values and, you know, that kind of stuff. And so I... So that's what I'm doing. So on one of those church sites back in January, I would go in at the end of the day, usually at night, and I would just log on to these different sites, and I would just check out, you know, what's going on. Um, We just had a a near accident here in the church parking lot because a guy who just drove past me came in the wrong way, but that's all right. Uh, Anyway, um, so I'm in on the, I go in on this website, I'm just checking, and somewhere in the first week of January, this girl pops up, and I went, oh my gosh, she's gorgeous, and it just caught my eye, and I kind of popped into her profile to learn more about her, and she is 54 years old, but I'm telling you, she looks like she's in her mid to upper 30s, and you can tell as you look through her photos, that these are not old photos. Well, to a guy who, at the time, I guess I was 64, to a guy who's 64, and you're looking at somebody who's 54, they say in the online dating world, if you date somebody maybe 10 years younger than you, that's the safe range. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. She looks so young, but she's not. She's 54, and she just had a very interesting profile, et cetera. So I shot a message off to her, and she answered me back later that night. And we, we started communicating back and forth over the next you know week. And if I sent her you know three sentences, she sent me four. And if I sent her two paragraphs, she sent me two and a half. And it was just delightful because a lot of times in the online dating world, you send somebody a message, and nobody reads it. Or if they read it, they don't respond back. I can give you some stats on that one later in the show. But in this case, I was having a ball because this girl not only was was really pretty and just looked really sharp. She's, by the way, in Portland, Oregon, 2,500 miles away. But it's a small world with jets these days, which is kind of the way I look at it. And I would, we just started having a, a real ball communicating back and forth. She was as much fun to communicate with as she was to look at. And that's a wonderful combination. And I just thought, wow, this is, this is awesome. So after about, I don't know, seven or eight days, maybe something like that, I asked her if she'd ever had a Georgetown cupcake. And she didn't know what that was. And I said, there's some famous cupcakes in Washington, D.C. called Georgetown cupcakes. They ship them all over the country. Would you like some cupcakes? And she, you know, and, and she, I, she went, heavens, yeah. And I kind of said to her leading up to that, I said, I'll tell you what. You know, after we'd communicated a few times, I thought, gosh, I'd, I'd love to talk to her. I said, send me your phone number, and I promise I'll call you. And if you want to send me your address, I'll send you a dozen Georgetown cupcakes. Well, she sent me a lengthy message back that included both. So I ordered the Georgetown cupcakes. They ship them all over the place. And she told me a couple of days later, as she was waiting for the cupcakes to show up, she told me that she was kind of giddy about the whole cupcake thing because nobody had ever sent her anything like that before. She was married before for about 25 years or so, and I found out later her husband never got her any flowers or any gifts like this. And I thought, holy crap, what was he smoking? I mean, you know, 
And and so here I am coming and saying, hey, would you like a dozen cupcakes? And she's like, this is new ground for me. I'm loving this. So anyway, we set up a time to for me to go out there and meet with her, spend a weekend with her a couple of weeks later, and maybe 10 days after I had discovered her on a, on a Thursday night, uh, on a Thursday night, just save the guy backing into me. All right. On a Thursday night, I went to see the movie, a man called Otto with Tom Hanks. And that was a great movie that has a great love story in it. And if you've seen that movie, you understand the significance of a 1964 quarter. That quarter was something that his, this girl he saw at a train station in the movie had given him some change to pay for a, a ticket because he, she had dropped a book and he found it on the, on the, uh, what do you call it? The platform. And he got intentionally on the wrong train going the wrong way just so he could give her the book back, which he does. Then the conductor comes down and says, tickets, please. And he doesn't have a ticket. And the fare is a dollar 75 and he has $1 in his wallet. And the girl says, no problem, I've got some change. And she gives him four quarters. And one of those is dated from 1964. So he gives the conductor the dollar and three quarters, and he has one quarter left. And he says to her, here, here's, here's, you know, this is yours. Let me give this back. She says, oh, no, just keep it. It's okay. And he looks at the date. It's a 1964 quarter, which means it's mostly silver. And he makes the statement that that's a lucky year. And she said, well, maybe it'll bring you some good luck. Well, they end up getting married in the movie. He keeps a little jar in his dresser in his bedroom. And in that little jar, he keeps the 1964 quarter. So you need to know that because it's relevant to what I'm about to say here. Um, so on a Thursday night, about 10 days after I discovered this girl, her name is Leslie. I'll tell you that. I won't tell you her last name, but her name's Leslie. And she's out in the Portland, Oregon area. And I, I said, hey, this is, a, this is a great. I said, have you seen a man called Otto? And she said, no, is it good? I said, yeah, it was really good. I saw it tonight. She said, so you'd recommend it? I said, yeah. She said, I'll have to put it on my, on my to-do list, on my you know, to-do list. And she goes, now all I need is a date, dot, dot, dot. And I'm going, what a classy comment. And so I, of course, picked up on that right away and said, okay, no problem. I'll pick you up tomorrow night at 7 and we'll go to the movie. Just joking, right? And she says back, Oh, that's great. In fact, why don't you come early for dinner? Do you like mac and cheese? And I went, yes, if you cut up some hot dogs and put it in the mac and cheese, because that's the way my mom made it for me and my siblings when I was a little kid. She said, no problem. And I said, okay, I'll be there at 6.55 tomorrow night for mac and cheese, and then we'll catch the 7 o'clock show. How does that sound? She said, fabulous. Can't wait. We're kidding. Okay. Well, the next morning, Friday morning. I wake up, she's three hours behind me, so I send her a message, like mid-morning or something, something, that said, just checking on the schedule for today, dinner's at 6.55, we're going to the movie at 7, is that right? She responds back, yes, and I can't wait to see you, this is so exciting, I'll make sure the dinner's perfect for you, six exclamation points. We're kidding, okay? So I go out and do some junk removal jobs that morning, Friday morning, and I only had a couple on the schedule, and I'm done by 11 o'clock and somewhere around 11 15 out of the blue this thought hits me that says you have a date in writing with this girl in portland tonight at 6 55 all you have to do is get to portland and that thought would not leave my head and about 30 minutes later I go on to kayak.com, and I'm looking for one-way direct flight to Portland just to see if there are any and what time they make it to Portland. God bless Alaska Airlines, who had a 515 flight nonstop to Portland, and it gets there at 9.05. The ticket price was $650 for a one-way ticket. I bought it. I don't do that. I told you about flying on Frontier Airlines, right? I bought the right to fly free on Frontier for a year for $599 eight months ago. One flight, last minute, full price, $650. There's no way in, you know, heck. I'll say that because I'm in the church parking lot here. 
Anyway, no way in heck I'm going to do that. But I did it in this case. And after I bought this, when I bought the ticket, my excitement for what was going to happen later that day doubled. I was so excited. And then I realized, wait a minute, you have on your schedule tomorrow at 10 o'clock to move this lady from her two-bedroom apartment in Silver Spring, Maryland, to Columbia, Maryland, and that's been on the schedule for three weeks. So I called that lady up and said, my opening comment was, you're going to hate me for this, but I can't come tomorrow to do this move like we had planned. I'm going to be out of town now unexpectedly. Is there any way we could do it Monday or Tuesday afternoon? She says, sure. That, I think that'll work. Just, let's do it Monday afternoon around 5. And I thought, thank God. And I said, okay, love it. Thank you so much. I appreciate what you did. I hang up the phone. It's now about 12 o'clock on Friday, and I have a one-way ticket to Portland, and the flight leaves in five hours. The girl in Portland doesn't know I'm coming. i got to get my hands on a 1964 quarter. So I call up um, Bonanza Coins in Silver Spring, Maryland, who I've taken coins to when we've hauled them away from, you know, junk removal jobs before. This old guy that works there runs the shop, has got like a billion, you know, coins in this shop. and. Uh, anyway, I go down to him and I, and I go to him and I say, have you got, and I knew this was a stupid question, but I said, do you have a 1964 quarter? He goes, we got thousands of them. I said, can you get me your best one? And he said, immediately, he said, you can't afford my best one. And I said, uh, okay, how about just a really clean, shiny one? He goes, that'll be $7. So he gets me this clean, shiny 1964 quarter. I pay $7 for it. I've got the quarter. And then I went, you should turn this into a necklace. So I headed over to, I think it's Diamond Exchange in North Bethesda, a jeweler that also buys, uh, buys gold and stuff. And we take our jewelry that we get from clean-out jobs over there, and they buy it from us. So I go over to them. This is now about 1 o'clock. And I said, Can you, do you have any sterling silver necklaces here? Guy goes, yeah, I think we got one. Just a second. And he goes around the corner. He goes, yep, I got one left. I said, can you mount this quarter onto that necklace and some, turn it into a necklace for me? He goes, yeah, I can do that. I said, when do you think you could have that done? And he said, Monday or Tuesday. And I said, can you have it done by 3 o'clock? And he said, Why? And I told him the story, and he smiled, got this big smile on his face, and he said, be back here in an hour, I'll have it ready for you. I was so excited. So I dash home, take a shower, change clothes, go back to the jewelry store, and pick up the necklace. We put it in a box. I now have the perfect gift for the perfect girl for the perfect first date, which is going to happen in about six hours. I dash down to Reagan National Airport. I'm there at about 4 o'clock. Oh, by the way, the reason the cars are in the church parking lot, a bus just pulled up letting off kids from school. These are the parents and others that are coming to pick up all the kids, and that's why, that's why I'm not alone in the parking lot. Anyway, um, I dash down to the airport. I get down to the terminal, to the Alaska Airlines terminal, at about 4 o'clock. I've paid $650 for this ticket. I am the happiest guy in Washington, D.C., no question. I am so excited. I'm so happy and thrilled about this, I, had for, I forgot to tell the girl I, that I'm really coming. So from the gate, I text her again, and I said, hey, I've got good and bad news. The good news is it looks like I can be there tonight for dinner in the movie. The bad news is I'm not going to make it till about 9 o'clock. Is it okay if we go to a 10 o'clock show instead of a 7 o'clock show? She answers me back, thinking I'm kidding, and says, oh, you're going to make me wait a couple more hours to meet you? Bummer. But, hey, okay, you know, that's, I, I'm still excited. I'll just, you know, warm up the mac and cheese and, and, and have it ready for you when you get here. She's thinking I'm kidding. So I respond back. I said, no, really. I'm going to be there about 9 o'clock tonight. Is a, is a 10 o'clock or 10.30 show too late? She says, I, I don't care what time the movie starts. That's fine. I'll, I'm, I'm just excited to have dinner with you. Can't wait to meet you, et cetera. Still thinking that I'm kidding. You could tell from the way she wrote it. I send back a third message, 
The third message says, no, seriously. I'm flying to Portland tonight, and my plane lands at 9.05. Can we go to a 10 o'clock show instead of a 7 o'clock show? And do you want to just bring the mac and cheese to the airport with you, or should I just catch an Uber and, you know, get a hotel and, and catch up with you in the morning? She sends me back a text message that says, wait, what? Are you serious? Like four question marks. If you're serious, great. I'm excited to meet you in person. Six exclamation points. If you're not serious, it's a little early to be playing April Fool's jokes on somebody. Again, a brilliant response. And one more time, I texted her back and said, no, I'll be there. I'm coming out to see you. I want to take you to this movie. I'm going to be there tonight. And she says, don't get a hotel. I got extra bedrooms in my house. You can just stay at my place. I'll pick you up at the airport. Text me when you land. Looking forward to seeing you. And I just went, this is the greatest day of my life. And we're going to take another break here on the Junk Refund Show, and we're going to come back. I'm going to tell you what happened when I arrived in Portland. It gets better, folks. You're listening to the Junk Refund Show on bbsradio.com. I'm Alan Cook, your host. We're talking about how to get the junk out of your relationships. I'll be back in a minute after this next break. Have you ever hired one of those expensive junk removal companies, then wondered what they did with the stuff? Especially the good stuff. At 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, we junk the junk. Recycle stuff like metal and wire. Donate items and get you receipts. And put up for sale the good stuff. And if it sells, you get some money back. Cynthia paid $375 for junk removal and got $3,200 back. Would you like to know how she did it? Tune in to the Junk Refund Show with your host, Alan J. Cook, every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time to get the junk not only out of your home, but also out of your life. Welcome back to the Junk Refund Show, where we're talking about crazy first dates and how to get the junk out of your relationships. We're doing this topic because I called into a, a large radio station here in the Washington, D.C. area a couple of days ago. Uh, they, they basically said, if you have a crazy first date, you want to tell us about it, call into the show. If we play it on the air, you get tickets to the Jonas Brothers concert. And I went, that's worth a phone call. And I do have a crazy first date. So I won't recap what I told you so far. But anyway, I am uh, uh, back in January. I'm down at the Re Reagan National Airport in Washington, D.C., having just paid $650 to, to catch a one-way flight, direct flight, to Portland, Oregon, to go meet this girl named Leslie, who I'm just fascinated with online and I've been talking to for about 10 days. And she finally realizes, after a few text messages, that I'm really coming that night to take her to a movie called A Man Called Otto. And uh, I have my 1964 quarter, if those of you who have seen the movie, I have it uh, created on a sterling silver necklace, and that's going to be the gift I give her when I show up. So I'm on the plane. I'm headed across the country. It's rapidly becoming the, the best Friday of my life. It's a nonstop flight. Uh, Alaska Airlines treats you like gold. They were terrific. I land in Portland. I, as soon as I land, I text her and let her know that I'm there. And this classy girl says, I'm, I'm inside the airport. I'll meet you inside. Now, she could have waited in, like, the cell phone parking lot. And then I text her, and she said, okay, I'll meet you at the curb. And I'm in, you know, the red, you know, SUV or something. And, but, no, this girl parks the car. And it's inside the airport, sitting on a bench waiting for me as I land. I come off the plane, come through the gate. There's a bench not far from here. She's wearing this. She has gorgeous kind of dark brown hair. And she's wearing this light blue long sleeve, kind of a silkish kind of top that was in one of the pictures that was on her that she had sent me, I guess, in the previous week. It may have been on her original profile. But she just looks fabulous in that light blue color. It's a really good color on her. And there she is. And I come walking off with my backpack, having just flown from Washington, D.C. She walks over to me. 
I don't say a word. I just walk right up to her because she had she had asked me in our first phone call about a week later. She said, "Okay, I'm very excited about this." She said, "I've got like 40 questions I want to ask you." I went, "Hey, she's interested." I went, "Okay, go ahead. Ask me whatever you want to." One of those questions was, and these were just random questions. One of those questions was, "Hugs or kisses?" And I went, "Are you kidding? With you, it's kisses first, hugs later." Absolutely, kiss. And she loved that answer. So I kind of, as I'm walking off the plane, I'm about to meet this girl. I've just flown across the country to meet her, and I said to myself. We've already discussed this. It's kisses first, hugs second. Okay? So I walk right up to her. She walks up to me. I don't say a word. I put my right arm around behind her back. I pull her close into me, and I just kind of bend down a little bit and kiss her like four times. And I'm here to tell you she kissed me back. And that was our first interaction. And after I kissed her the kind of the fourth time, I kind of pulled back a little bit, and then I said, hi, I'm Alan. And she said, hi, I'm Leslie. And I'm telling you, God should have taken me right then. Because that is the greatest story. You know, when, when you get up to heaven and somebody says, so how did you die? Which is what they all ask you this, you know, as soon as you walk through the curtains up there or whatever. You know, how did you die? That's the first question anybody's going to ask you. And boy, would I have had the coolest story of anybody, right? But anyway, I'm back at the Portland airport. I had just kissed this beautiful girl. We go from there to her car. I pay for the parking. And I'm sitting in the front seat of her car. And I look over at her. And I cannot believe that I'm in the car with the girl that I've been admiring for almost two weeks online from the other side of the country. And that at 11 o'clock that morning, I had no plans and no idea that I would be there in Portland, let alone in her car with her. And I looked over at her and I just kind of smiled to myself and I thought, man, you've already kissed her four times. This is like no pressure at all. This is, I mean, what do we do now? Right. This is the easiest thing in the world. Well, I find out I had already purchased tickets for the 1030 show at the closest theater to the airport to see a man called Otto. And I find out she asked me if there's any chance, any way we could go to the movie tomorrow instead of, that night because she's not really a late night you know gal and so i said sure no problem we go back to her house she she kind of she shows me a, a guest bedroom i go into that guest bedroom and when she asked me as we're driving back to her house she says um so when are you flying back and i said i don't know i'm making this up as i go i i didn't have a return flight at that point i i didn't have time to make one but, you know, I fly cheap on Frontier, and this was before I had this cool pass, but uh, I didn't have a return flight at that point. In my mind, I kind of thought, this will be a 24-hour trip. I'll look for the return flight when I get to Portland, you know. So, anyway, I'm there, and I'm lying in this bed in her house Friday night in January of this year, and I just start to silent, kind of quietly laugh because I can't believe that this is happening and that earlier that morning I'm texting her from across the country tonight, that same night I'm in her house in a guest room and we're going to go see the movie tomorrow, tomorrow morning, tomorrow, you know, noon or something. Well, that happens. We go for a walk the next morning. We just have a great time talking. We go to the movie at noon. The movie's fabulous. I give her the necklace. She loves the necklace. It's, you know, two thirty in the afternoon. We've seen the movie. And we're out in the parking lot of the movie theater in her car. And to show you how naive I am, she pulls some chapstick out of her purse and kind of kind of hands it towards me and says, do you want any chapstick? And I kind of thought, uh, no, I'm good. And she goes, okay. And she puts some on her lips and then puts the chapstick back in the purse and then leans over from the driver's seat and just starts to kiss me, like, let's just say aggressively. And I thought, again, Lord, take me now, man. This is the great, just, it doesn't get better than this. Just take me now. This is fabulous. Boy, am I going out with a great story. And I'm getting kissed there in the parking lot by this girl that I had just met 12 hours earlier. From there, we don't have time to do anything else. It's time. I got to get to the airport. She takes me to the airport. I had 
I had purchased a flight back on Frontier Airlines with maybe a three-hour layover in Denver for $75. It cost me $650 to get out there. It cost me $75 to get back. It was worth every penny. I couldn't stop thinking about that great line from Matt Damon in the movie We Bought a Zoo, where he tells his son that sometimes you just need 20 seconds of insane bravery and it can completely change your life. That's the thought that caused me to just walk up and kiss her the first time I saw her in the airport on Friday night. And I'm telling you, Matt Damon knows what he's talking about. So that story, we dated for about four more months after that. And the chem- the bottom line, the chemistry and the spark that you, you want in the relationship that says, wow, I'm going to marry this guy. It was there for me. It was not there as much for her. And after about four months, she kind of said, I don't think this is going to work out for me, et cetera. And that's the end of that story. That happened in May. But I'm telling you, when you find the right person and it just kind of clicks, and I know I'm kind of preaching to the choir here, but when you, when you find it and it clicks, it's like, it's like your life, the excitement in your life jumps 20% automatically. When, when she texts you and you see her name show up on your phone, you're 20% happier, regardless of what you've been doing in the day. When she calls and FaceTimes you and you see her and you're driving or whatever, you're immediately 20% more excited. It's that magical addition to your life that a great relationship can do for you that you can't necessarily do on your own. And, and you're listening to a guy who has a very happy life and has been single for quite a while. But there's some magic in finding the right person. And I'm here to tell you, for four months earlier this year, I lived in that magical realm. And it was fabulous. And I want that realm back. And it's not easy to find. So in the, in the closing eight minutes or so, maybe ten minutes of this show, let me just give you some suggestions for people who are in the online dating world in kind of rapid-fire succession. I say this as a guy who has looked at thousands of profiles and tens of thousands of photos in the ten years. Now, I don't sit there all day long and look at my phone and look at dating websites. I don't have time and I don't have the interest. I'm out running a business and going around the country, you know, cleaning out people's houses and whatever. But I can scroll through, you know, Match.com, for example. You go to Match.com and join them, and you look up a girl who, let's say, is, you know, 40 years old who lives in Arlington, Virginia, and you check out her profile. The next day, you get an email from Match that says, hey, we noticed you looked at Susie in Arlington, Virginia, who is about 40 yesterday. Here are 24 more women about that same age, but are also in the Arlington area. See, that's how they monitor what's going on there. So every day, just think about this for a minute. If you every day got an email from Match.com that had 24 more people to look at, and all you do is flick your thumb left or right on whether, you know, you're interested in somebody, right? You could be driving down the freeway, which I've done many times, and go through 24 photos pretty quickly and quickly decide yes, no, yes, no. Well, you go through 24 in a day and you do that for 30 days, you've gone through about 700 people in a month. You do that for a year, you've gone through 8,400 people in a year. You do that for 10 years, you've gone through 80,000 people. Now, I haven't gone through 80,000 people and looked at that many, but I'm telling you, it's thousands of people. So here are my best suggestions for how to have some success in the online dating world. Number one, have photos. A lot of people jump on these sites. They don't put photos up of themselves, and it's like, well, how am I supposed to know if I'm interested in you if you don't have any photos? So have photos. Make sure they're good photos. There are all kinds of examples of bad photos, you know, photos of people not smiling. Um, Make sure they're recent, within six months. It's very common in the online dating world to put photos up of yourself when you were younger because let's all be honest, we're better looking when we're younger, right? And it's just the way life is. 
Nothing sells in the online dating world better than youthfulness. And we all want to look younger than we are because we know that we look sharper and maybe more fit than whatever than we are now. So make sure you have good photos, not necessarily photos of you. A ton of these are of, and I'm looking at women's photos. I don't really know what the guys are doing, but I look at a ton of photos shot, a selfie shot in the car with the, you know, the seatbelt across her chest. And I'm thinking, no, show me something more classy than that. Okay. So make sure they're good photos. Make sure they're recent within six months. Don't make the background the main thing in the photo. If you want to show me that you travel and that you went to the Grand Canyon, don't put a photo in there of you standing on the North Rim of the Grand Canyon and 95% of the photo is the Grand Canyon because I can't date the Grand Canyon. I'm trying to date you, and I need to see what you look like because guys are visual. So I want to see what you look like. I've been to the Grand Canyon. I don't need you to show me the Grand Canyon. Show me you. This is about you, not about where you've been. So make sure you're the main thing in the photo. Don't show us photos of you and your pets. I have hauled away so many couches from people's homes that have cats and other furniture, and I see the scratches on the couches. I see the cat hair underneath the couches, and I'm not a big fan of cats because I know what they do to houses. Well, if you love cats, that's fine, but don't show me a photo of you and your cat because that's going to turn me off because I'm not really interested in cats, and you don't want me to discard you because of your pet. You want me to discard you if I do because there's something that I'm not, you know, thrilled about between me and you. But don't make it about your pet. I'm not here to date your pet. I'm here to date you. So I'm not really concerned about your pets. Don't don't really show us that. If you're a lady and let's say you're 50 years old, don't show me a photo of you and your 30-year-old daughter. You know why? Because I'm going to look at those two and go, oh, who's that next to you? Oh, that's your daughter. Oh, okay guess what? You both have blonde hair. She's 20 years younger than you, and she has the same good looks that you do, but she's younger than you. Well, guess what? You've just created competition for yourself in your own photo, okay? You don't want that. With all due respect, if the daughter wants to have her photo online, do it in her own profile, but don't show me photos of you and your, and your, your kids, especially if they're female kids. That might sound creepy or weird, but I'm telling you, it's about you, not about your younger female family member, right? Don't take that risk. If you, you can distract guys because we're kind of dumb in a lot of ways, and we look at photos and kind of follow what we see. So don't distract us that way. Same idea. Don't show us photos of you and three of your friends, and you all have the same hair color. Then we, This happens all the time, and I have to sit there and try and figure out which one are you. Don't do that. It's not about your friends, okay? It's about you. Just give me photos of you. And if you, if, you know, if you have 10 photos on there and you want to put one photo on there of who your family is, just one, okay, I get that. But if you have 10 photos on there and six of them are with you and other people, and I have to go through and figure out which one you are, trust me, it's not that easy, that's a turnoff. You're making it harder for me than it needs to be. Don't cover yourself up with sunglasses, hats, scarves, and other things. I'm not interested in dating your accessories. I'm interested in dating you, and I need to see what you look like as an initial step to see if I'm interested in seeing more photos of you, etc. For heaven's sake, smile. You'd be surprised how many photos are on there. The very first photo that you see of somebody is some grumpy lady sitting in a rocking chair, not smiling. And I'm kind of going, why in the world would I be interested in you if you're a grumpy lady sitting in a rocking chair or something? Smile. Just imagine that you're applying for a job to work at the White House and they require five photos. Now, you tell me what those five photos are going to look like when you send in your resume. They're going to be professionally done. They're going to be clean. You're going to have your makeup done. Your hair's done. You're looking good. You might have a a full body shot, which is a good idea in the dating world, and then some close-up headshots, which is a really good idea in the dating world. But those are going to be awesome photos. You're not going to sit in your car and take a photo of you with your seatbelt in front of you and send that to the White House. You're just not. Put the kind of photos in there that you would put in if you're sending in a resume to a very important place that you want to work. Now, to the guys out there, out there 
read their profile. Don't just look at their photos and then say, hey, baby, you look hot. Let's get together. They want more than that. So I can't tell you how many hundreds, and I'm sure it's thousands now, of profiles that I've read. That tells you what they're like. It gives you a little insight, and you're looking for things that you have in common and see if they're the kind of person that you're really interested in. When you reach out to send them a message, don't just send them a smile, which some of these apps say, you know, do you want to send them a smile? Yeah, I can send them a smile. But that, that basically says, I probably didn't read your profile. You look interesting to me. I'm sending you this because I don't have a, I don't have a better idea yet. Don't do that. Read the profile and then send them a message that refers to something in their profile that shows them that you read their profile, and they'll be impressed that you took the time to read their profile. Keep your profile rather short and simple. If it's too long, people are not going to read it. They're not going to take the time to read 12 paragraphs of what you're looking for in a spouse. They'll read three. They'll read two, but they're not going to read 12. So don't make it an essay. Just keep it kind of short and sweet and try to pique their interest and get them to reach out to you. Be honest. Don't lie about your age. I can't tell you how many times I have seen you know, women who say they're 53 and you read their profile and the last line of their profile says, my friends told me to put 53 so I'll show up in search results. I'm really 58. I see that all the time. And I send a message back to them that says, you need different friends. Because people that are encouraging you to lie online are shooting your integrity, you know, through your foot. Be honest. Don't lie about your age. I, I contact a lady up in Canada who said she was 55 and had photos on there and there were cute photos and stuff. I actually got her phone number. We, I called and talked to her. One of the first things she told me was, she goes, there's something I got to tell you kind of up front. She said, I, I have a little white lie on my profile. Folks, there's no such thing as a little white lie. Okay. Just lies. Okay. She said, I'm really 65, not 55 but I don't want 85-year-old men contacting me. Well, I haven't talked to her again. Because if you're going to lie to me right up front about your age, you're probably going to lie to me about something else. And I have news for you, sweetheart. You're 65. The 55-year-old guys and even the 65-year-old guys are probably not going to reach out to you. It's the 70- and 80-year-old guys who are going to reach out to you because nothing sells like youthfulness in the dating world. So I have not contacted her back. That little white lie cost her, you know, my interest in her. And, and you just don't do that. If, if, you, if you're dishonest in your profile, it's only a matter of time before the honest truth is going to surface. And when it does, you're going to look really bad. Don't play games. And, I'll, and one last thing, I'll close with this. I always get a big kick out of watching The Bachelorette and The Bachelor shows on ABC because I'm fascinated by how intense these folks get with their relationships. I mean, they really do get into it, and it's kind of interesting to see. Um, one quick example, a, you know, a guy is on The Bachelorette. He really likes the girl. He wouldn't tell her how he feels. Guys are, for some reason, people, not just guys, they're kind of afraid to, to, to get rejected or to get disappointed. So they put up a wall and they kind of pretend what they're, you know, that they're cool and everything's cool and stuff like this. Well, don't play games. Don't play games eventually die out and the truth surfaces. So just be, play the truth the whole way through and you'll separate yourself from the crowd. So this one guy really likes this girl, the, the bachelorette. He really likes her. But he, he never told her how he felt. He was afraid to tell her how he felt. So she didn't give him a rose, and he was kicked off the, the show. And then they show him in the limousine starting to cry. And in the limousine, he's now off the show. His chances are gone. They're driving him away. And he says to himself, I should have told her how I felt. And I am sitting there watching this episode, screaming at the TV, saying, of course you should have, you idiot. How's she supposed to know unless you tell her? Of course you tell her how you feel, and then you let the chips fall where they fall. If you don't tell her how you feel, now you're off the show. Now you can't tell her how you feel. You may have blown a perfect chance because you didn't have the guts to tell her how you feel. 
have some guts. Tell her how you feel. Be honest with her. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But you're not kicking yourself the rest of your life because you were quiet when you should have opened your mouth and said something. So a closing note, just be honest in your relationships with other people and don't be afraid to tell somebody how you feel. At least you were honest with yourself. You were honest with them. They know how you feel. And then you let the chips fall where they fall. So we'll probably follow up on this topic and probably bring some guests on to talk more about how to get some of the junk out of your relationships. But there's a few tips from from yours truly and my experience in the online dating world. Um, I am now the only car left in the Bethesda United Methodist Church parking lot. All the kids have been dropped off from school and picked up. It is just me in perfect solace here. And I'm about to take a load of scrap metal that I just picked up in Fairfax, Virginia, an hour ago, over to a scrap metal metal yard and make what we call dinero. So thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the show. We're talking about getting the junk out of your relationships. We'll be back with you next week, Thursdays at 3. Thanks to Don Newsom for doing a great job every week as a producer. And thanks to bbsradio.com. They do a great job. Uh, look for us on the podcast, on the Junk Refund Show, and I hope what you've heard today is helpful. And if you ever find that gorgeous girl in Portland and you're in Washington and you want to go visit her, for heaven's sakes, buy the ticket and go. It doesn't matter what it costs. Have a great day, folks. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Junk Refund Show the longest-running junk removal radio show on the air. Join us next week as we discuss innovative ways to declutter your home, your business, and your life using 20 years of junk removal experience. Find out why we give out free ice cream gift cards to our clients, too. In upcoming shows, we will explore how to get the junk out of your relationships your spiritual life, your waistline, even your travel life. Plus, call in with questions and situations you would like some help with. At 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, we are committed to bringing the next generation of junk removal because not all junk is junk. See you next week on the Junk Refund Show every Thursday afternoons at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on BBS Radio TV.